Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Then everybody be served. Yes, and thank you for being here. This is hour two of the debut show of Wiggins America, Saturday morning, just after 7 o'clock. Thank you so much for tuning in, especially if you tuned in deliberately. If you were listening to us announce the show on the Mark Cox Morning Show this week, or of course on the Annie Fry Show, which I'm on every day, then... Maybe you tuned in on purpose or you're downloading the podcast. Either way, thank you so much for listening. I am Ryan Wiggins, and this is Wiggins America. So one of my favorite topics, and it's not because I love the topic, it's because I think it's so important, is all of the audits that are happening across the country. And by all of, I mean mainly Arizona. There are some rumors and uh, rumors of rumors that others are happening or that things are being done, but... The only real progress we're seeing with anything has been from Arizona. So Georgia, yes, something's happening, but we don't know what, mainly in Fulton County. The Secretary of State there, Raffensperger's been all over the map, have no idea what's going on. Pennsylvania's the same way. There's been a senator there named Doug Mastriano who's been championing this stuff, but the president of the Senate in Pennsylvania, Jake Corman, has flip-flopped on this so much that I... We don't even know who to trust. And we, I talked to Liz Harrington uh, back when I was filling in for Annie and hosting that show and asked her, I think it was the last day I was hosting solo. I asked her that very question and said, look, what's the deal with Pennsylvania? Because if you got the guy out there saying we need to do an audit and he's saying three counties, we're going to look at two predominantly Republican, one predominantly Democrat, that being the Philadelphia County, whatever that's called. That, that's what they were going to do, which I think was going to be a great move. But then he got pushback from Republicans in the Senate. And now the guy that was pushing back has said he's going to take over the audit. That seems really suspect to me. But then he's also saying, no, he was just not doing it right. We're going to do a real full forensic audit. But I, I don't know what's going on. The only news on that front that I'm bringing that up for this reason is that the uh, a committee in the Pennsylvania Senate this week voted 7-4 to four to proceed with fact-finding for an audit, which is progress, but it's September, it's mid, mid to late September at this point. We're like a month and a half away from the year anniversary of the election. So this stuff is taking forever, which is why Arizona's is so important because all this anecdotal evidence and people signing affidavits and saying, I saw this and all of the shenanigans, none of it really is going to amount to anything unless it's done through these official channels like the Senate, the legislature in a state, which is why we keep looking to Arizona because theirs is done. So their audit has, has been completed for probably a month now, but they're analyzing the results. And so they either just presented the results to the Senate this week or they will next week. And then as far as I understand it, the Senate will have 
three days to look over those results before having to make them public, which means that they'll do a big press conference and present the findings of those results within three days. All that to say, we're really, really close to getting the results of that audit. What will it determine? Well, that is the big question mark, right? It's kind of this issue that everybody knows. I shouldn't even say everybody knows. People who are politically engaged know it's happening. And even if you're on the left, you know it's happening, but they keep burying it to sort of delegitimize it. And anytime they can't avoid it, they they criticize it. So I wrote a piece this week that's been shared on social media and things, um, but it's on odyssey.com or it's on 971talk.com, which all links to Odyssey. It's all part of the same network. But you can get it at our website if you want to read it. I figured I'd go over it real quick because we're going to hear a lot of these criticisms. The minute this thing comes out, if it's clean, we're going to hear a whole lot of I told you so's. Fine. You can say, I told you so all day. I just want to know what happened. And if it's clean, it's clean. Great. We can move on. I'll be disappointed that the country actually did vote for Joe Biden because that would shock me based on what we've seen in the last seven months. But I'll be glad that our elections are clean and that we have enough integrity in the system that we can trust it and Republicans will take back the House next year, maybe the Senate. And then in four or in two more years, we can uh, maybe elect a Republican president. But if that's not the case, then it's going to be the biggest news story of my lifetime that there may have been enough fraud in Arizona to overturn an election. Now, that's just one state, but it will kick off all these kind of like slow moving things that we keep talking about in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, maybe even Nevada. It'll all start to really move if there is something in Arizona and if there's legitimate election fraud, not a little bit, but a lot, then that state will have a lot of internal fighting that it'll have to do over what to do with the certification of the electors because some of the state senators are already calling to decertify their electors. If they prove that there was fraud, it's going to be chaos in Arizona and it's going to be chaos across the country kind of in slow motion, although in increasingly fast motion. So if there is fraud, there's, that's, this is where this article comes in. There are going to be criticisms, and I have outlined, I think it's the top seven criticisms that we have been reading, eight criticisms, that we've been reading for the last almost year now over why this audit is junk and why you can't trust the results because they're trying to get ahead of it, of course, to delegitimize it. So I I took apart those arguments on this article at 971talk.com. And real quick, I'm going to read them to you and just give you the kind of quick synopsis. The article goes into a little more depth. But the first is that this is a partisan audit. This is number one for a reason. That they say, Democrats across the country, but especially Democrats in Arizona say, and the papers in Arizona, that you can't trust this audit because it's partisan, because it's only Republicans doing it. The problem with that, the short answer is, Democrats knowingly turned down being involved in this audit before it was even established of what it would be. So they'll say, oh, well, they're doing it on their own. And you say, well, but you were invited to be a part of it, and not just a small part, but a 50-50 partner in this thing from the get-go. 
So it wasn't even that they were saying, well, we won't be a part of it because we don't think it's legitimate. They had a chance to get in at ground zero from the start of the thing and make sure that it was legitimate and have a hand in picking the auditors, picking the process, everything. They had a chance to be involved in every aspect of this audit in Arizona, Democrats did, and they turned it down so that they could turn around to their compliant media and say, this is de- this is le- illegitimate because it's all Republicans doing it. Know that, because you will hear that argument over and over and over if they do find something with this thing. Number two, it, it's paid for by far right-wing groups. A similar criticism, because they're saying, well, right-wingers are doing it, so you can't trust it because we're not involved in the process, even though we chose not to be involved in the process and were invited. Number two is it was paid for by right-wing groups. Well, the reason that Republicans allowed this to be paid for by private donors is because the original criticism was, well, it's going to cost too much and it's public money. They shouldn't be doing that. So they said, fine, we won't even use taxpayer money to do this. And I think they used a total of you know, less than a million dollars because when they were first starting, they were starting to use public funds. And they said, well, you can't do this. This is using public money to do something that's partisan. So they said, fine, we'll have it privately funded. Well, guess who funds it if you're going to do it privately? Republicans are. Democrats don't want this to happen. They have no they have no uh, shame in saying that they don't want to know what happened here. They don't want to know. So they're not the ones funding it. So the only reason that's happening is because they're trying to avoid um, criticism for using public money. Number three, the cyber ninjas. You probably heard them. They're the forensic audit, the sort of uh, computer team that was... Um, hired to do this audit they'll say the fr- the cyber ninjas have no forensic audit experience well that's true and it's because there's never been a forensic audit before so they're, they're, nobody has any forensic audit experience because there's never been one of this magnitude and they'll also say number four these people are not certified auditors just turn around and ask the question what is a certified auditor you will not find the answer to that question Because there is no such thing as a certified auditor other than companies like Dominion and companies that make these voting machines. They certify their own people, but you're not going to use somebody that the company certified themselves to test themselves. So there's no such thing as a certified auditor, but the media loves to use that and say, these people aren't certified. They're right. They're not certified because there is no grand bipartisan commission to certify auditors. It doesn't exist. Number five, even Republicans on the Maricopa Board of Supervisors have resisted this audit. That's very true. And that's been very, very weird because at first they were all in, or at least they were agreeing to an audit. And one of two things has happened. Maybe two things have happened. One they realized that this wasn't going to be a small audit, that this was going to be a full forensic audit on 2 million votes, and they got scared, and they backed out because they were doing things that either were knowingly illegal or that they knew were not really the right process and that they were going to be caught. The other is, and this is a fact, that out-of-state lawyers began meeting with the Maricopa Board of Supervisors shortly after this audit was announced, and after meeting with those lawyers, suddenly they had a huge change of heart and they have been obstructing things ever since, like not giving them the routers. So there's only one reason 
ultimately why Republicans would not comply with other Republicans. And they were all friends before this. If you're not complying with members of your own party who are not out to destroy you, it's your own party, then it would appear that you're hiding something, right? Number six, as we're almost done here, I kind of just mentioned that they will say audits have already been done. We don't need more audits. They've already done audits. They didn't prove anything. Well, yeah, they were spot audits. They were small audits where they would take a small sample size and say, well, what does this look like? Is, Is this fishy? Is it not? Is it fine? And if it was... Uh, then they would say, well, the whole, the whole election <clears throat> is fine then. So if, if this little sem- sample is fine, then the whole election is fine. Well, that's not even close. If you do 5,000 votes, that's not 2.1 million votes. Those are very, very different things. So there has not been an audit like this yet. Number seven, there were blue and black pens on the tables. They were looking for bamboo fibers in the papers. One of the insurrectionists was counting, whatever that means. So all these things are just sort of sideshow stuff that doesn't really impact anything. Uh, the blue and black pens thing is interesting because they're saying, well, they could be chart, they could be changing the results, but the whole thing was live streamed. So if you saw somebody filling in bubbles, you'd have to zoom in a lot, but you could prove that somebody was doing that, but you'd also have to have people doing a lot of it for it to make a difference, which doesn't mean it's not fishy, but it is something that it probably isn't going to have a big impact. But that, that is a legitimate concern that there were blue and black back pens on the, on the tables, so they did take them away pretty quickly. Number eight, Cyber Ninja's CEO. This is one of my favorites. This is absolutely one of my favorites. Cyber Ninja's CEO, Doug Logan, pushed election conspiracy theories. You have heard this a lot, that this guy is a Trump supporter, and so he was pushing all these election conspiracy theories, and so the results weren't even going to be accurate anyway. Well, that's a big jump to say that the, the results weren't going to be accurate because they will be auditable. You, you, know, you will be able to look into this audit. You will be able to audit the audit, basically. They're going to be very, very transparent with this stuff. But all the research that I did on this, I looked up this Doug Logan guy, the Cyber Ninjas. I can't find a single quote from this guy that's suspect. The closest thing I can find is that he apparently was an anonymous contributor on screen. Like he said a couple lines without them even citing who he was in some movie called The Big Rig, which was about election conspiracies. But you'd think that if that was the main thing that they were using and he said something controversial in it, they would quote it like crazy. And there are no quotes of anything that he said that's controversial. So they just repeat over and over that CEO Doug Logan is an election conspiracy theorist. Great. I'd love to see the quotes. And once again, if you're so concerned about who was going to do the audit, why didn't you participate in it from the beginning? What does he know? Wiggins America. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Greenbound. I, uh, I'm a New Yorker. I, uh, yeah, New York. Nice. 
I actually got into an argument on the subway and the guy quoted the Bible at me. That is not fair. Like, if you get to quote from your favorite book, I should be able to quote from my favorite book, right? He was like, men do not live on bread alone, Matthews 4, 4. And I was like, everybody's a little bit magic, Harry Potter, chapter 7. It's not a fair fight, right? One of those books is a classic about a man who has sacrificed himself for the good of the world. And the other is the Bible. Do you know what I'm saying, people? Roseanne, what are your thoughts on Harrison? Well, I just love you, Harrison. You're Thank fantastic. You so um, and you're real brave. I mean, the stuff you're talking about, Bible jokes, that's some brave <laughs> Thank and, you. Uh, I uh, disagree. I don't think the Bible joke is uh, brave at all. I... Uh... I think if you're going to take on an entire religion, you should maybe know what you're talking about. J.K. Rowling is a Christian, and J.K. Rowling famously said that uh, if you're familiar with the scriptures, you could easily guess the ending of her book. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I don't like it. 97.1 FM Talk, Wiggins America. Thanks for being here this Saturday. And I've been looking forward to this all week. On the phone with us, you know her from quite a few things, but probably the most prevalent thing that you would remember her from is Saturday Night Live. Victoria Jackson, thank you so much for joining us. Ryan Wiggins! (laughs) Let's use that in the promo. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, So it's been a while since you and I talked, and just a little history. You and I did a television pilot that... Uh, was so successful that nobody ever saw it. So it was <laughs> obviously. But it uh, was so good. It was. It was really funny, and I, and I I hope to someday resurrect that if we can get somebody to purchase it. Um, really funny show, but we'll see what happens. But it's been probably oh a year and a half since we've spoken, according to when I was texting you, looking back at at how long it had been. And uh, that coincides pretty much with COVID. So <laughs> how's the last 18 yeah. months been for you? How's, how's the COVID era? Uh, pretty interesting on many levels. Mm. Uh, you, hey, Ryan. Yes. I heard you wrote a, you wrote a novel. That's <laughs> so, so instead of talking about what you've been doing during COVID, you're going to let me just promote my book. I mean, that sounds great. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, the life of human. I, I appreciate that. I almost asked you for a recommendation, but I didn't want to bother you too much. So, have you guys have you guys been just completely shut down? I, I know you're in Tennessee, so you're in more of a free state than we are. I, I live in Illinois, but Missouri's been pretty good. Well, um, the first a year of it, it wasn't really affecting me too much because I'm retired. My kids are grown. I don't go to big rock concerts or anything, so wasn't really affecting me. I was in college getting my master's in film at Lipscomb in Nashville, and we just started having classes online on Zoom, which was great with me because I could just stay in my pajamas and get a degree. I didn't even have to drive, you know, 40 minutes in rush hour to go there or anything. Yeah, totally. So you actually enjoyed the first year. So is Tennessee, you know, pretty open though now? Well, the Nashville downtown's pretty liberal, but like in the suburbs, most of us are conservatives and Christians and patriots, and we don't wear masks and we don't panic and we trust God, and we we're fine. We, we're just like, and we don't, yeah, we, I didn't even hardly wear a mask ever, 
like if someone asked me, well, in airports, but yeah. not around my town or my grocery store or anything. So that's kind of the way it is here so, in St. Louis, too. If you move, although if you move east into Illinois, the whole state is locked down. But if you move west, more, further into Missouri, it's just like what you're experiencing, which is, you know, there's there's less and less concern about it. And Missouri's already peaked with the numbers and it's on the way down. So I think there's probably less and less concern as we move forward here. But uh, as you know, uh, Norm McDonald, who was at least a colleague of yours, I don't know how close you guys were. How, how many years did you guys overlap on SNL? Was it just one year? No, we, he was on after me. I was 86 to 92. And then he might've been like 94 to something five years after that. Well, I remember talking to you about, you know, some of those guys and his name came up as somebody who, I, I don't know how you knew him then, just maybe just from running in the same circles that you, you know, you did know the guy at least on some level, and you told me a couple stories, if you if you recall yeah. any of them. No, I want to tell you, it's my, um, I knew him before he got on SNL. Oh. But my story, yeah, I was supposed to host a Palm Springs, I don't remember what it was for, MTV something, in Palm Springs, California, and they were going to pay me, and I was the host, and whatever that is, and they gave me a bunch of tapes of stand-up comics, and they said, pick who you like the best. And I was like, oh, I get to pick the talent? That was cool. So I watched a couple of tapes of these stand-ups, and I didn't like any of them. But this one guy stood out, and it was him, Norm MacDonald. And I never heard of him. I never heard of him. He's from Canada. But he, like, popped out. He was, he was tall and skinny, and uh, he looked like Elvis. But his act was, like, deadpan and brilliant. And I was like, that's the guy. That is a winner. And so he performed at the show. I think I might have said to him, uh, he was smoking a cigarette, I think. And I said, uh, you know, I picked you. I discovered you. I picked you. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, and his, uh, you know, funny, lazy talk. It always sounded like he was either drunk or asleep. I, I thought it was so funny. He's like, has anyone ever told him that he sounds like he's asleep or drunk? But, um, uh, you know, supposedly you didn't drink, so I guess it was just, I sound drunk. When I hear myself on the radio, I go, I sound like I'm drunk. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, so um, long story short, we did the show. And then this is how I remember the timeline. I might be wrong. But then I saw him outside of the Laugh Factory one night. He said, he, I said, what are you doing out here? I, of course, I knew him from the show we did together. And he said he was waiting for his ride because he doesn't drive, which is very strange. He's very mysterious. I have no idea why he never drove a car. And I said, oh. And we were standing there. And then he said, um, I just I just told this story to Eric Metaxas. Do you know Eric Metaxas? I know of him. Yeah, radio host. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like I'm. I feel kind of stupid telling the same stories over and over. I just told him, but um, I only have about three Norm McDonald stories, and of course everyone wants to hear about him because he was fantastic, and and I'm so mad at him for for not telling us he had cancer because man, I would I would have loved to I don't know yeah. call him or something. I don't have his phone number, but anyway, so. 
My next story is we're in front of the Laugh Factory, and he says, um, um, do you... Oh, by the way, Ryan, congratulations on your new radio show. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you, yeah, you are perfect for radio. You have a very creative mind, and I'm glad we met. How did we meet anyway? Well, it was doing that pilot. It was doing that show that you and I thought was <laughs> terrific and nobody else did. <laughs> but you knew me before that. Well, I think that's how we started talking, though, because I think you and I were talking about doing a book for a while, which we'll have to continue to talk about. Now that I've done a book, I I'm really yeah. would like to talk to you about maybe doing a, you know, a Deep Thoughts, Jack Handy-style Victoria's Secrets, if uh -huh. you remember us talking about that in the past. But, yeah, um, I remember. But we'll, we'll resurrect okay. that. But what, let's hear this, this one story, and then i got a big question okay. for you. Go ahead. A big question. Okay. So uh, he said to me, why is your stomach so big? And I thought, whoa, that's pretty rude. I said, because uh, I had a baby like 20 years ago. And um, so we're standing there. And, uh, you know, a lot of comics think that's funny to be like that. But And it works for him most of the time. That one in instance, I don't think it was funny. But, okay, so then he goes, how do I get on SNL? And I said, oh, uh, I don't know. I have no power there. I have no connections. I just left the show after six years. I said, I could hardly get a line on every week. Oh, I, I was struggling to get a line. And then um, I said, but I, I think Jim Downey is the head writer, and I, I think he, he should know about you, um, and you should be on SNL. So I, I think I called Jim Downey because I still knew the phone number there. And then about a couple months later, the next year, I saw Norm MacDonald on SNL. And I was like, whoa, he got on there. So you may and be responsible had, for him actually getting on the show. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I had anything to do with it because everybody was discovering Norm. Yeah. You know, everybody was going, oh, that guy's great. Like, it wasn't just me. But anyway, well, um, so then what? Well, before we move on, let me just clear this up. You had just voted for him at a, at a stand-up competition, and then he, you walked up to him and said, hey, I voted for you, and you won. That's great. And he said, oh, yeah, your stomach's big? No, no, no. The first time we met, separate stories. doing the show. Yeah, separate okay. times. Okay. And... um. Separate, two separate times with a big chunk of years in between. <laughs> okay, but he, he, this was still before he was on the show, though. Yes. Okay. And uh, so I don't remember how long it was between our Palm Springs show and the laughing. I don't remember. It's all a blur. But anyway, um, so then he got on the show, and then um, I was really happy for him, and he was great on it. And then... Uh, um, the next time I saw him, he asked me to open for him doing stand-up comedy. We might have had the same agent. Maybe that's how we got put together. But he was he was the headliner, and I was opening for him at a couple of casinos and um, Las Vegas. And um, I was in his dressing room one time, and he said, how come we never dated? Like, out of the blue, Right. Last time I saw him, he said my stomach was fat. Now we're standing there, and he's like, how come we never dated? And I, said, and I was like, ah, uh, I, I, I knew I had to think fast because, like, we never had long conversations, you know? 
and um, he would, and I think he would had been gambling all night, right? And he came to the green room right before he was going on stage, which was hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I because the only thing I've ever gambled was a quarter, and I lost, so it had no appeal for me. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but he's really good in math. So, see, he can actually win stuff. Yeah. And I'm terrible in math. He seemed like yeah. a really, yeah. really smart, and you said it too, that he seemed like a really mysterious guy. Because I think the, the thing I remember, and I don't know when we were talking about this, you and I, but I asked something about him in particular because I had just read his book, because he's got a biography, an autobiography, that is it's called Based on a True Story. And as you're reading it, you realize about halfway through that a good portion of what you just read is completely fabricated. So it's it's typical norm where he's sharing stuff yeah. about himself that's, you know, really deep, but then you also question is any of this actually true? And I just, you know, we opened this segment with a clip of him on one of those stand-up shows where, you know, young comics come up and they deliver 5 minutes and he was one of the established judges in that show. And I saw it. You saw it. Okay. And and we just played it. So it it shocked me. He really went to the defense. This guy was blasting, you know, he was making Bible jokes and it's like, oh, how heroic. I'm unbelievable. You could do that. You know, like you're going to face no criticism for doing that in America. But Norm kind of took him to task and said, look, you know, that I don't consider what you did brave. You, you actually compared the Bible to a book by J.K. Rowling, who who based Harry Potter on Jesus, and and kind of you know really defended Christianity in doing so. The guy was just a conundrum, and he seemed like a very spiritual guy to me. Okay, so I'm in his dressing room. We're getting ready to go on stage. I'm opening for him at some casino, and he's out of the blue. He says, "So uh, why didn't we ever date?" And um, I had to think fast because it came out of the blue. I'm like, because uh, you don't go to church. And then he said, oh, is that a deal breaker? And that was our conversation. And I've, I've always thought, I hope maybe I put a little seed in there, maybe a little in his brain. I don't know. I just, I want everyone to read the Bible. I think it's God's word. I think it has the answer to everything. And I, I want everyone to go to heaven and be with Jesus. And so, um, anyway, that was that conversation. Wow. Uh, I mean, we never dated cause he never asked me out. That's the answer, but, <laughs> right. but I probably wouldn't, I probably would not have gone out with him if he didn't, wasn't a believer, you know? So interesting. But interesting. I think he, yeah, go no, go ahead. Let me tell you. Yeah, what I what I admire about him so much is that he's a truth seeker. He relentlessly pursues the truth, whether it's government, politics, science, medicine, or religion. He seems to really think hard about all everything and not just follow the sheeple and say what he's supposed to say and be a liberal because that'll help his career. He doesn't follow the crowd and. I just love how he stood up for what he believed in, whether it was the O.J. jokes, the Michael Jackson joke, saying he read the Bible and he was a Christian, and he said on the Larry King show, it, I know it's not fashionable. And, and, and he was a conservative, I think. Like, uh, 
he was, but he never, he would kind of disguise it in his jokes. Like he wouldn't come out and say it like I do, mm-hmm. but I think he was a conservative. And so I admired that he sought the truth. And, um, that's, that's what I love the most about him. Besides he was super funny and brilliant. And I'm watching all of, did you know he had a Netflix show? I, I didn't, and that was pretty recent. So, yeah, I think everybody's kind of fo- catching up with that now, too. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. I'm watching them all binging. I'm almost done with the season one. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that, too, and, and just catch up. It, it's been so neat watching just some of the highlights of his career over the last week. I think every, you know everybody in America is kind of doing that together and just realizing, man, what an incredible guy. And like you said, he – he did seem to <clears throat> excuse me be somebody who always sought the truth and he always did it by he always say well i'm just an idiot and but he he really was seeking something deeper while always making fun of the fact that he was doing it it was just just a really interesting guy yeah. sad, sad to lose him but really appreciative of your perspective you know obviously having met him a number of times and been cordial with him and been an acquaintance and victoria really appreciate your time here on wiggins america Hey, this is 97.1 FM Talk, and this is Wiggins America Saturday morning. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Victoria Jackson just a moment ago. If you ever need to rewind and hear what you've missed on the radio, you can do that anytime by using our app, and the rewind function is very, very easy to use. And if you favorite 97.1 on the app, every time you click on it, it'll just pop up and start playing the station. It's very, very convenient. So there's my plug for the app. And also there are lots of music stations there as we're playing some Soundgarden there in a second a second ago. Uh, really good music stations that I, when I first got the email saying, Odyssey's launching these music stations, I'm like, oh, okay, something else we have to promote. But when I started listening to them, I thought, actually, these are pretty good. <clears throat> so some 90s rock stations and stuff like that, stuff that you'll hear quite a bit on this show. My name is Ryan Wiggins, and of course, this is the debut show, although this is the end of the debut show on Wiggins America. We did a break uh, a little bit ago talking about the Arizona audits, and um, man, that's something that I've been following very, very closely for almost a year Believe it or not, it's the middle of September, mid to late September now. So we're not that far from November 3rd, almost a year later after the election, and we still don't have any results from any of these things, which drives me crazy. But at the same time, I want them to be done right. And so you can rewind and listen to the segment we did uh, about half an hour ago talking about election integrity and all the reasons why the criticisms of this audit are kind of ridiculous um, that's all there, and it's also at 971talk.com in written form, as I sometimes will write columns and then talk about them on the radio. But uh, breaking news with that over the last couple of days that I failed to mention in the segment a little bit ago is that the results of that audit are going to be released one week from yesterday. So Friday afternoon. It's a weird time to me to be releasing the results of those of that audit And if I had to dig into the timing of it, because usually Friday afternoon or especially Friday evening, there's what's called the Friday evening news dump. Well, that's all the, that goes where you don't want things to be seen. So if they were trying to get a lot of attention for this, doing it on a Friday afternoon, you know, if they were doing it a little bit later, I'd say they're trying to hide it. Doing it on a Friday afternoon, it doesn't look like they're trying to get a lot of attention for it. So my guess is maybe. It's there's not going to be much there uh, just based on when they're going to release that stuff. But again, 
don't know, follow closely, and I don't know if it's going to be publicly released. So this is what the auditors are giving it to the Senate, and I think there's going to be a hearing. If that hearing is live, we will be following it like a hawk. If it's private, I guess we're going to have to wait two or three days until the results are made public. So we'll follow that very, very closely. But there is one other thing that I wanted to get to. That is wonderful news. Portland has scrapped their boycott of Texas. So you talk about a, uh, a virtue signal. All this stuff is just virtue signaling, right? Uh, it's people on, a, on an individual basis. Virtue signaling is gross because it's somebody trying to get attention for themselves by acting holier than thou. But when it comes to an entire state or an entire city or an organization doing it, it's even grosser. So Portland, of course, is is very, very far left, and they have absolutely no law and order in their city. Although, you know, St. Louis is probably close behind them. And they decided as a city that they were going to virtue signal and boycott giving any of their government funds for any trips or whatever to Texas. Well, that was right after the Texas abortion ruling, and that's been completely scrapped. It's completely gone. <laughs> there, was, there was no there there. There was no way they were going to do it. Uh, the mayor, Ted Wheeler, announced the, the plans last week and then announced that there's no way to do it. So it was just basically to get headlines, and nobody else is talking about the fact that they can't do it. I just figured it was worthy of pointing out, because when you have organizations like MLB move the All-Star game over similar types of things, although that one was vo- over voter ID, which may end up making no sense, because Democrats are all on board for voter ID now that they realize that it increases minority turnout, uh, that... They, they, they yell and they, they cry about it, and then it goes away and nobody actually cares. This is Wiggins America. Go to 971talk.com for more. We'll see you next week. Get more at 971talk.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.